Welcome back to the United Pubcast for your latest instalment in all things Cristiano Ronaldo and Piers Morgan interview. Um, seems like a, sort of only a couple of days since we spoke, or not even a day since we spoke, Larry. We did speak yesterday when the news sort of did break in terms of those first emerging quotes, and it has been 24 hours and there's been even more quotes. And to really think about it, Larry, we've had about three or four minutes, accumulative minutes of these quotes from the Piers Morgan interview. The thing goes for an hour and a half. So he's dropped some bombshells, but there is plenty more to come over the next coming days. But... um. Spoke to you yesterday and we had a good debate, sort of back and forth, and I'm sure we're going to do more of that today and everyone in the live chat will get their opinions across as well. But just tell me again, besides actually the, the sort of facts behind what we're reading from Cristiano Ronaldo, but just your feeling as a fan of Manchester United and, sort of, well, former fan, fan, whatever we think of Ronaldo the person as well, just your last 24 hours, um, how are you dealing with it? Because it is a bit of an emotional roller coaster for a Man United fan. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of those things where the, the emotions starting to set into them, almost an, an acceptance of what you've seen, what you've heard, um, understanding that you, you are a little bit upset, but also appreciating that there is ulterior motives for Cristiano Ronaldo, and some of which has come out today, which we will absolutely dissect, so you will want to stay tuned for that. But um, it, it, I was just saying to you a moment ago before we went live, like it, it feels a little bit sad. I'm starting to... Go, so, you know, the five stages of grief, as they say, um, I think I've, I, I had the initial shock and sadness and, and, and sorry, of anger. And now I'm starting to go into the, the stage of sadness. I'm starting to realize, actually, I felt the, the euphoria when he ran out against Newcastle, Viva Ronaldo, just echoing throughout Old Trafford for 90 minutes. And then you, you consider that how you're feeling now. And it's quite a, it's quite a somber feeling, a disappointing feeling, Tom. Here's a question for you, and people feel free to answer this in the live chat. I'll get, say there's a few people in here. We'll say good day to you all in a quick second. But Larry, answer this. Good friend of the podcast, and we obviously met him in Melbourne, and he's been on the podcast before. Jay Moddy put a good tweet out. It threw up an interesting conundrum. I'll get your thoughts on it in regards to how this is playing out now. Obviously, it's very messy. It's very sad. It's it's not ideal for any party. What would you rather in terms of would you would you still do this situation of bringing Ronaldo back, knowing that it was going to end like this and potentially tarnish his legacy, or would you prefer him go to Manchester City and win the Champions League, knowing like if you could relive the same thing and we're still going to experience this now, experience this pain that we're doing now, or him win the Champions League with City? Which one would you prefer in hindsight? I think his legacy with United will still stand the length of time following this especially for us who had the benefit of watching him the first time around. Perhaps for the younger fan, it's a bit more difficult. If this is the only Cristiano Ronaldo you've seen, then I can understand why you perhaps don't view him as a legend or consider what's all the fuss about this Finnish 37-year-old. But for us who had the benefit of seeing Ballon d'Or Cristiano Ronaldo winning the Champions League Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, that's ultimately the, the player that we fell so fondly in love with. And that's the player that we attached ourselves to when he came back against Newcastle. That, that That's the Ronaldo that lives in our memories. So his legacy will stand the length of time, Tom. I think if he went to Manchester City, his legacy, absolutely, it wouldn't even be up for debate. His legacy would be tarnished. He would not be viewed as a Manchester United legend. He'd be viewed as disrespectful, a traitor, Judas, whatever else you want to call him. All in all, um, this is the better of the two evils. It's still a sad outcome nonetheless. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we'll crack on um, say good day to people in the live chat. There are a lot of you. If I miss any comments, um, my apologies, but we will try and sort of crack on and keep the discussion flowing. But keep your opinions in. 
Um, George, obviously, I hope the Europe is treating you well. Good morning, guys. Obviously, morning where he is. Um, while we don't agree with what he said, what he has said about Eric Ten Hag, I'm with Tom saying we've been crying out for a player to speak like this for the Glazers for ages, which we'll get into that in regards to. Okay, he has spoken about the Glazers, and the result of that is good. What are his motives compared to the fans' motives? That obviously throws an interesting debate. Chris, good to see. Mate, he's looking for an out. Um, yeah, we're pretty much asking to be sacked. We'll see if the club sort of facilitates that call. Now, for the coach, only leads you one way. Thanks for the memories. Hopefully, your other comments about the way the club is run brings change. That will be interesting. George here. I met George at Scruffy Murphy's that made United Supporters Club here last night. I've been tuned in for the pub, podcast for a while. It was great to um, catch up with him and have a chat, all things United. Nice to meet you, Tom. Yesterday, Ronaldo will definitely be sacked. No question. He's acting that he's bigger than the club. Hope we move on from this. Now, Larry, there's a few people in the other chat, so apologies for not getting to you, but I know Emad's in here, and I threw this question to Emad, Larry. And again, I know the answer. Manchester United is bigger than Ronaldo. Of course, I'm not disputing that. I'm not, not even entertaining the question. However... In regards to sort of numbers and influence and sort of weight to voice, this look at this Ronaldo news. Like we, we go back to the Stralix Ferguson quote and say, as soon as someone thinks they're bigger than the club, they have to go. Completely agree, 100%. But if we do look at the facts and figures around Ronaldo and his influence, and here he is with one interview, he's broken the internet. My librarian at school, Larry, today came up to me and said, your soccer player was on the news today. She knows nothing about football. Like, this is mainstream news now. And I'm just thinking, is there a case? Obviously, he's not bigger than Manchester United. I know that. But is there a case where he kind of is in regards to, like, his influence amongst football? Okay, hold on. Do you want me to answer this as a Manchester United fan or do you want me to answer this as a, a human in society? Because a human it's, in society... It's, it's the same. There's there a balance between that both. says he is bigger than Manchester United. I mean... That, that's what I mean. In regards to, you look at the weight of his opinion. Right? It kind of sadly is. I'm not saying... he's Obviously, he's not. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is a debate well, to be had. It depends how you measure the size of something. or The, the thing that makes Manchester United great is its history. That, that's why you say Manchester United is big. It's the history that... that Everything that a player represents now is actually representing the players that have gone before them. That's why in terms of historical sentimental value, of course, Manchester United is bigger. There is no debate. In terms of influence on people's lives, more people know who Cristiano Ronaldo is than people know who, what Manchester United is. And that's the sad reality of it. So to answer your question, yes, you're absolutely right that there is an argument to say that Ronaldo is influential. And also there is a, touching on Ronaldo's comments, which we will start to dissect in a moment, talking about the Glazers turning old Manchester United into a marketing club. Well, this is good or bad publicity is, is publicity for Manchester United. At the end of the day, if you don't know what Manchester United was before this, before the last 24 hours, I guarantee you know what Manchester United is now. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, it's tongue-in-cheek, but it's a debate to be had because, as I said, I've got people who know nothing about football coming up and talking to me about it today. And it's just for a 38-year-old having an opinion or sort of grieving his sort of dirty laundry in public. So it is interesting. Matt here saying Ronaldo has more followers than Man United. We don't like to admit that, but numbers tell a story yes. in today's game. We live through sure. social media. Um Stephen here, good to see you, mate. Only an interview with Stralix Ferguson before retired calling out the Glazers would have impacted more. We'll get into that in regards to the time and, and as I said, what his motives were, etc. But before we get into the quotes, Larry, we'll sort of, I went back and watched our sort of chat we had yesterday when the news broke and sort of back and forth argue, argument debate sort of thing. I sort of just want to articulate my point a little bit clearer in regards to, it was obviously an emotional subject, everyone's sort of trying to get their opinion across where we're hurt sort of trying to dissect everything and sort of weigh up all the pros and cons. 
My situation with Ronaldo in regards to this, and again, I know a lot of people in chat will be sick of me saying this, it's not a defense of Ronaldo, but seeing it from his side of things and sort of arguing why things have come about. Not that I agree with how they've come about, but why they've come about and asking those two things. In regards to what I hope people don't sort of miss in regards to this, at the moment, we strip everything back. We strip all the emotion back. We strip strip all those Instagram numbers and everything. We strip it all back and look at the facts of what we're sort of debating, what we're so heavily invested in at the moment, Larry. We're debating over a 38-year-old's third-choice strike and his game time. That's what is dominating the headlines. That is what's dominant. We shouldn't be talking about him. It, 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 there's far bigger issues at the club, but the club are happy to facilitate this as this is the problem. The club are sitting back, maybe not around the Glazer quotes, but they're sitting back and going, thank God, they think this third-choice striker is the problem. And I just think that is where I'm very hesitant on throwing Ronaldo under the bus in regards to calling him names and that, because I know in a year's time, in two years' time, we're going to look back and think, okay, it wasn't as bad as we first thought at the time. So that's why I'm not sort of going to throw him under the get F out of my club sort of thing. I, I want him to leave, but I don't want to throw him under the bus in terms of verbally abusing him because... I know, it, I know it's all just too emotional at the moment. When we strip back, strip everything back, and look at the facts, we're missing the ball. Like we're playing into the club's hands. Like we're sort of we're focusing on Pogba's the problem, Ronaldo's the problem, Solskjaer's the problem, Ralph Rangnick's the problem. There's far bigger problems. This is a third choice striker who doesn't play. Why are we talking about it? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't agree with it in this context. I mean, he's the third choice striker, yes, but. I would argue that before preseason had commenced, he was the first choice striker. And Harry Maguire season, well, was first choice. Now he's third choice. I'm not talking about him. Uh, yeah, but I think everyone kind of had come to the conclusion that Maguire shouldn't have been first choice. Uh, you know, what I mean, I, I think there are people who, to this day, would say to you, Ronaldo should be first choice. You know, what I mean, there is a debate to be had. Now, I, I personally don't think there's a debate to be had, but there are people out there who will make a case. He was our highest goal scorer last season. He returned 24 goals in a really poor side. And I could argue that, yes, he scored 24 goals, but the rest of the team suffered, and that's why he was the only beneficiary. So, I mean, there's 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 lots of grey in this, in what we like to be black and white. Uh, in terms of what you're saying, him being third choice, etc., look, at the end of the day, Tom, like I just, at the point we just made on Manchester United, it's history is what makes the club so massive. Ronaldo's history is what makes him massive. He is a brand. He's arguably, well, not arguably, he is one of the best footballers of all time. You could argue for the last decade, he has been one of two of the best footballers over the last decade. I mean, th this guy will go down into football folklore for years and years to come. So it's rightfully a big story because of who he is. Nonetheless, you know, I, I think if you saw Wayne, I mean, if Wayne Rooney did the same thing toward the end of his time at Manchester United, we, we all knew he was at the end of his career. It would have been a similar kind of, maybe not at this magnitude because he's not as big of a star, but I think it would have been a similar fuss. So I'm, I'm not not sure I necessarily agree, but I totally accept the point that you're trying to get across. Well, we'll get into Wayne Rooney a little bit because there was clarification in regards to the con. Well, it, was, it still didn't come across well from Ronaldo, which we'll sure get into in terms of his Wayne Rooney and Gary Neville quotes. But just before we get into it and sort of isolate those um, individual quotes, there's about four topics I want to do touch in regards to the Ronaldo um, interview. But Jamie here is saying, do you think Ronaldo has a club lined up to sign before this interview? Before he's done this interview? He's not stupid. He'd know he won't play for United again after this, which is my thinking. When I saw him with Piers Morgan, before he even said a word, okay, he's off. But the question is very valid in regards to getting a suitable buyer in United to letting him go. Surely it happens. We, we all accept it's going to happen. But then you're a strip of anything. Well, hang on. Will, it, like, will someone afford? Will United demand a fee? What's going to happen? So just in regards to that, can we guarantee Ronaldo's playing at another club in January? Uh, 
I, I, look, I think inevitably he will uh, in terms of will he play for a top club in Europe? I suppose that's the bigger question. Hard question to answer, Jamie. Ultimately, I, I don't think he is. I don't think he does have a club lined up. I think he's seen his ass with Manchester United in the moment now. And at, at the end of the day, if Ronaldo, let me ask you a question, Tom. If Ronaldo retired tomorrow, is there any debate about his status in world football? No. He goes down as one of the greatest, correct? Oh, it, look, a lot of people, okay, maybe tarnishes it for the next six months in regards to sort of fresh in the memory. But yeah, a, a lot of people would have him as potentially the greatest ever. Okay, Maradona, Messi, it's always a debate, but he's in that category. He's in that category. So if that's the case, Ronaldo has nothing to lose. He's got enough money to cover for him to be reincarnated about 20 times over. Uh, and his legacy is cemented. So he ultimately had nothing to lose by doing this interview. And if he just wants out of Manchester United, he's actually put himself in a good position. United now have to consult with lawyers to determine, do they want to go down a legal route and terminate his contract, in which this might be a drawn-out legal issue, or do they want to look at a creative way to force him out in January? When, when a man's got nothing to lose, is a very powerful man. And I think ultimately that's where Cristiano Ronaldo stands at the moment. So just on that last point there, we'll get into these things. I just want to touch on the first thing in regards to this almost, look, we're not defending the Ronaldo interview, but from his side of things, it's a desperate plea to leave. He's almost asking to be sacked. So I'm just thinking, again, we're not lawyers and we don't have the, the contracts in front of us to sort of go through all the legalities of it. But is there a case now forcing someone look like, what would be the difference in terms of sacking him, paying, it, paying him off and losing that money or not accepting a transfer fee from someone else? So whether we sell him for the cheap, that's almost the same as sacking him. But is the juice from the reports we're hearing from Sky Sports, BBC, Andy Mitten and Neil Custov have, have alluded to the potential scenario as well where United are truly sort of weighing up the options and potential feasibility of sacking him. Like, could you see that situation actually occurring or do you think that's just a yeah, word we're throwing out there that, no, he's sacked, where it actually won't be. It'll be more of a mutual sort of agreement. Um, I think the club could sack him and I think that that will, but, but I do think that will be the secondary option uh, given that, the, the, from a PR perspective, like Ronaldo said, Manchester United is a marketing brand. It's about your, your image, your brand, how you're perceived in, in, in the eye of the public. It's not good for Ronaldo or Manchester United if this ends in a, in a termination of contract. It's just not. Uh, so ultimately, now I think that there are absolutely legal grounds for United to do this. I deal with employment law in my day-to-day -day job. I think Ronaldo has, you cannot question he is, you could argue he's, damage the brand of Manchester United with this interview, there is a case to terminate his contract. Uh, in saying that, if Ronaldo wanted to pursue it in a, in a legal manner, he absolutely would have grounds to do that too. It, it's never black and white. I think what United will look to do, first choice will be you try and find a buyer, you sell him. I think they won't demand a transfer fee. It'll be a case of just getting him off the books. If no club comes to get him, now that's where it'll get interesting, Tom, because I think it's very clear he won't kick a ball for Manchester United again. You don't want to keep him around. You well, this, this question him. here, uh, just on that point, I'll come back to you. So keep your train of thought there. But Sally, um, hope you all, mate. Let his contract run out. A lot of people are saying that in regards to punishing in Cristiano Ronaldo at the moment. That, that's one of the trains of thought I don't agree with. And I'm not sure the context Sally means there. But in regards to a lot of people saying, okay, put him in the reserves, let him rot on the bench in terms of punishment, because that's the way we're feeling towards Ronaldo at the moment. One, your thoughts on that in regards to, okay, he's not playing and we're punishing Ronaldo. 
but the, I don't want to call Ronaldo the problem, but the issue around Ronaldo then stays and it still lingers. So I'm just thinking, is that really, is punishing Ronaldo the right thing in regards to that, in terms of the club moving forward? Should we not cave and give Ronaldo what he wants? Well, I think United were opening, open to giving him what he wanted in the summer. Ultimately, no club came in for him. That, that's, the, that, that's the crucial fact here. I mean, he wanted to leave, but no club in Europe made an offer to Manchester United to say, we want Cristiano Ronaldo. I think that's where, and look, that with not knowing the facts of who came in and how much was offered, that's where I look. Surely a club was in. Obviously, his agent works wonders. I think the stumbling block, and again, correct me if I'm wrong in the live chat or you have a different opinion, United, to do the right thing, you're going to have to take a loss. We're going to have to do it with the club captain soon with Harry Maguire. But with the Ronaldo situation, it should have just been a case, let's say we wanted $15 million for him. And no club said, okay, well, we can afford your wages. We'll give you the half a million a week, but we can't do the 15 million up front. We can't do that. So Man United said, okay, no one's coming in for with a transfer fee. Should Man United just not accept a bid? And that will allow a club like a Bayern Munich or PSG to come in and just pay the wages. I'm just thinking, is that not the right thing to do by United? Like It'll take a big loss. And like it's financially doesn't make any sense for Manchester United. But it gets rid of, again, I don't want to say the problem because I think there are far big, I don't want to label Ronaldo the individual problem. But that problem of the Ronaldo situation, we need to get rid of it at whatever cost at the moment. To terminate his contract would ultimately cost United nothing. To sell him with a, with a free transfer or no transfer fee would be the same result. That, that, that's what I mean. It, it's not selling him for selling exactly. him for nothing and sacking him the same thing. So why don't yeah, we just exactly. say so, he wants him? him and free. it's a better story for United and Ronaldo if they can find a, a, another club to take him. There's been some reports around Bayern Munich's Chiefs meeting with his agent last week. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Uh, Bayern Munich are not currently top of the Bundesliga. Maybe they could do with an experienced striker. I could see that one making sense, to be honest, uh, particularly if it's just a short-term thing. Um, otherwise, look, in any case, Ronaldo, I think there's also an acceptance from his side that his days of earning £500,000 a week are over uh, and he's mm-hmm. going to have to take a, a loss on his on his wages too. Uh, ultimately, Tom, I, I'm with you. I think if, if you're Manchester United, you look to sell him now. Sell him in January. We get to stay the good guys. Ten Hag gets to be rewarded uh, in, or elevated in, in the sense of the way he's carried himself and we move on. Oh, the big winner, Eric Ten Hag. And look, I haven't criticised Eric Ten Hag in the deal in of this situation, but I thought some things he has done, and which I agreed with in him doing, has resulted in certain things happening. And that obviously falls at Ronaldo. But Eric Ten Hag comes out the clear winner, and ultimately he is the person who has to come out the clear winner. So as disappointed as I am with the Ronaldo situation, I am happy moving forward under Eric Ten Hag. But Emat here is saying, take the hit and cut ties now. Ronaldo would have to take a pay cut too. No one is paying 500000 Look, I completely agree. It's just unfortunately, even with like the Maguire situation, but especially Ronaldo, cut your ties, take the hit. It is what it is. It's unfortunate. George here with an interesting shout in regards to um, Chelsea. We all had this debate in regards to the summer when one of the clubs potentially interested was Chelsea. There's a whole thing with Russia and Ukraine and Roman Abramovich, but now they have the new owner. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I think the, the football team in Graham Potter won't want Ronaldo, but um, that new Chelsea owner, um, definitely. And my mum, good to see mum in the chat. I'll just finish with this one. It's sad to hear the news about Ronaldo. I remember when we were younger, uh, what an impact he had on you. I feel his past will outweigh the rough times now. I wish him well in the future. A lot more compassion, which I agree, but a lot more compassionate than a lot of Manchester United fans at the moment in regards to the way we're feeling about him. But, Larry, moving forward in regards to, as I said at the start of the video, this is a big thing with Ronaldo and it's only got himself to blame and it's, un- un- it's a very unnecessary circus and we're right to talk about it. Here we are discussing it. 
But ultimately, I do not want fans to lose sight of the real problem. And it's not Ronaldo. It's not Ralph Rangie. It's not Eric Tenaga. It's not Paul Pogba. It's not Jose Mourinho. It's upstairs. And Ronaldo has mentioned it in his interview with Piers Morgan. Clearly, so now Piers Morgan said, what do you think about the Glazers? And literally, Ronaldo comes out, they don't care about the club. Now, he went, went on to say they care about making money. But in terms of the football side of things, Ronaldo said the Glazers do not care about Manchester United. Now, we're going to get into the motives and why he said that and sort of who does it benefit and his reasoning for everything. But ultimately, regardless of motives, the facts are out there that the world's biggest star or world's biggest football star has said the owners of Manchester United don't care about the football club. Now, we would have liked this interview, Larry, to come out in better circumstances. We would have preferred this when Ronaldo was on top of his ta- top of the um, tree at Manchester United. Unfortunately, that's not the case. But ultimately, the words are still there. And I'm just thinking just your thoughts on it because there's so much to dissect with Ronaldo, but this is what we've wanted. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think I've had 24 hours to reflect on this. And ultimately, Ronaldo's motive is to force his way out. Let's get that out there. Uh, In saying that, I I really do appreciate from Ronaldo's side. I mean, he could go out, he could go through this interview without mentioning the Glazers. Easily could have. So we'll give him some credit there to say, actually, he is putting some credit back in the bank with United fans because he's ousting those owners. And actually, it could be a catalyst for, again, putting pressure on the Glazers to sell. Ultimately, when we talk about the brand and marketing, and it's not good when the world's most popular footballer, as, as part while he's currently on your, on your payroll, it has to be said, is coming out yeah. speaking against the owners. That can only be a good thing for us as Manchester United fans. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, in, I suppose we'll see, Tom, in the next six to 12 months, does this force the Glazers' hand to sell? Um, it, it'll be really interesting to see. So, you know what? A little bit of credit to CR7 there. Might be the most, uh, might, might be the most effective thing he's done this season. I saw, a good, I saw a good meme, 90-minute interview with Piers Morgan. They said it's the first 90 minutes of the season for Ronaldo. But in regards to you just mentioned there, CR7, Edgar here with a good one, um, CR37. I like what you did there. Just stated the obvious and were applauded him, which I, I get and I understand. But ultimately, no one else has done this. Sir Alex Ferguson hasn't done this. Roy Keane hasn't done it. No other player has done it. So a lot of people, I, I get that he's saying we're applauding him in terms of stating the obvious. But ultimately, he's getting a little bit of criticism not so much for the quotes, but in regards to the motive, why is he saying it? Is he just doing it for a bit of PR to try and sort of get a few fans back on side? But ultimately, everyone who loves the club in terms of Bruno Fernandes, David De Gea, Marcus Rashford, they're not doing it. Now, obviously, Ronaldo is doing it for potentially the wrong reasons in terms of save face for his own sort of self-interest. But ultimately, the words are there and the players who do love the club a lot more than Cristiano Ronaldo aren't doing this. Now, not criticising them for not doing it because they shouldn't do it in regards to their position or I understand why they can't do it. And obviously, Ronaldo has got to the stage where he knows he's not going to play for Manchester United again. So he can go out and just, he's going out and he's taking everyone down with him and sort of thing. So just your thoughts on regards to how he's come about in regards to should we be praising him? Should we be putting pressure on other players to do it? Like Because he has come, not for critic, well, the whole interview has been criticised, but he's getting a little bit of stick for it and saying he's only doing it because he's leaving. Now, you just alluded to, well, it's an interesting take. Just your thoughts on that one. I think you're right to – anyone who feels that way is right to feel that way. I have felt that way. I mean, I, I literally tweeted something about this this morning, and I said that the impact of these comments would be felt much more effectively uh, if it wasn't surrounded or uh, preceded by what's what's happened before that. Um, ultimately, I, I maintain that feeling. I appreciate the comments from Ronaldo because ultimately it does put pressure 
back on the Glazers, back on the ownership. The, the fact is highlighted uh, the flaws or lack of investment at Carrington is telling. Uh, but what and, and mind you, this is a player who, when let's remember when Carrington, when when United moved from the Cliff to Carrington, it was actually a big story at the time. And the reason it was such a big story is because the Cliff was loved by everyone associated with Manchester United, but there was an acknowledgement that Carrington was cutting edge. It was first class. It was the, the the best training facilities that you could find in world sport. Forget world football. Carrington has fallen behind, and, and Ronaldo has highlighted that in this interview. So you have to put credit where it's due. As a United fan, if you don't want the Glazers in, if you don't want the Glazers in charge, then you can't have have your cake and eat it too. You got to be appreciative when a player does that. In saying that, if Ronaldo said that in a one-off comment during an interview, as opposed to an interview where he criticizes Wayne Rooney and Eric Ten Hag and says he doesn't respect his manager, well then I think there'd be a completely different sentiment in the United fan base. On that point, it ties in nicely with the point I was going to bring up where Isaac just put a comment in. Um, it's the way they leak drips and drabs of the interview that I really dislike. I want to see the full story. That is annoying me in regards to, I don't know whose side is this from Piers Morgan's side in regards to TV instead of dripping out. It's Ronaldo's motive, who knows? But in regards to that, let's say Ronaldo does exactly the same words. He has the same motive and says exactly the same things but it's done on the overlap with Gary Neville or it's done with a podcast with Andy Mitten. Do you think we receive it a little bit differently? Even if you say the exact same thing, do you think we view it differently? But ultimately he's doing it with the Sun and Piers Morgan. Do you think that ultimately he's in the wrong for, the, for what he's saying, but ultimately kind of that has played a part in our sort of judgment towards it? Well, Piers Morgan has come out over the last 24 hours and actually said that Ronaldo has approached him to do this interview and he wanted to do it with Piers Morgan. That's so, what I mean, right? I mean, yeah. Ultimately, and, and Pierce Morgan has been a blind advocate for Ronaldo this season. Um, and ultimately, I think because Pierce Morgan will protect Ronaldo, it's a it's a safe haven for the Portuguese to go to him for the interview. Um, I think if he did it with Andy Midden, who, who is a great journalist and someone who we've had on here before, he would ask the tough questions to Cristiano Ronaldo. If you ask Gary Neville, he'll ask the tough questions to Cristiano Ronaldo. Pierce Morgan won't. He'll he'll help write the narrative that Ronaldo wants written, and ultimately, that's why Ronaldo's opted to go down that route. It's a comment here from. Now we don't have the uh, facts here. Piers Morgan was approached. Piers Morgan was on Talk Sport, and he was grilled about this, and he, he didn't give a confirmed answer. But have you touched on how long ago this interview took place? It, it looks like it was in um, with no sort of um, confirmation. It does look like it was within the last week. It does look like when he was. What game was he released from? Um, was the Aston Villa? The, what was the last game he Villa played? League Cup. Yeah, you look so maybe after that. Thursday and Saturday, you'd be safe to assume it's happened in that time frame. Yeah, well, within time when he knew he wasn't going to play in his obviously Fulham game um, before um, heading out to the World Cup. Whether that makes it worse for people, it'll be interesting in regards to that's obviously when the decision was made that he wasn't going to play against Fulham. Because could you imagine if he played against Fulham, scored a winner, and then this interview comes out two hours later? So there, there obviously was a decision made quite a while back. But um, Larry, part of the interview, which, look, was always going to come out, and it was a huge part of it. Here we are as Manchester United fans in Australia. We're so invested and so excited in regards to the preseason tour. They were coming to Melbourne and a whole 
bunch of the news in the build-up was Ronaldo kind of come. This was before the transfer request. This was just Ronaldo in general in terms of doing pre-season. It's quite difficult for him to do pre-seasons in regards to he does his own fitness regime, the sort of celebrity nature around his arrival. Sometimes he doesn't do these tours, and you can understand why, but we as selfish fans and football fans and Man United fans want to see him do a pre-season. We're very frustrated by that, and obviously there was no hiding from the fact that he was trying to force a move out at the time. He was looking for a way out of the club. But a huge thing of this interview is disrespect. Now, he doesn't respect Eric Ten Hag, which we'll get into in a little bit, and he's saying the club doesn't respect him. We'll get into the Eric Ten Hag um, relationship in a little bit. In regards to the club towards him, it's a two-way street. Now, I don't. it's not about right or wrong in regards to him not respecting Eric Ten Hag. It's just the way it is. They don't. That's life. Roy Keane and Sir Alex Ferguson don't respect each other. That's life. I'm not going to get angry at either of those individuals. Now, I'm angry it's come out. But um, the, the fact they don't like each other, that's life. But it's two-way street. In regards to the club towards Ronaldo, I just want your opinion. Now, people are cynical and saying, well, yeah, they're right not to believe him. But ultimately, Ronaldo, who lost a son a couple of months earlier, um, the twin daughter was apparently in a hospital in, in Portugal um, before the pre-season or during the pre-season. Ronaldo said, I want to spend some time with her and the family, uh, whether she was in hospital or had just been. But obviously, this is a few months after losing a son as well. He has said, I'm going to spend some time with my family. And lost in translation, he kept mentioning the president in the interview. I think by that he means Richard Arnold. Um, he wasn't talking to the Glaze or Eric Ten Hag. I think by the president, my interpretation was that he was talking about Richard Arnold and the board. He said they didn't believe him. He said they doubted that he had a daughter in hospital. Now, we're talking about disrespect. I feel that is where a huge part of Ronaldo in terms of his word betrayal has come out. Now, yes, he's disrespected the club, no doubt. I'm talking about the incident between the club and him in terms of going back the other way. That is a huge slap in the face, and that is a huge show of disrespect in my opinion. Now, people can be cynical and say they're right to doubt him. I don't agree with that. Um, but it's your opinion. I think Ronaldo's twisting this story to come out the good guy. Uh, let's remember, he didn't end up attending the preseason tour. So he's actually spent a majority of preseason in Portugal. He got his way. I mean, obviously, we, we don't know the conversations that took place, but he, I mean, I was in Melbourne. I saw all the players the same as you did. Ronaldo didn't come. So ultimately, he, he got the time in Portugal that he was after. I'm not sure where the betrayal actually was then. His daughter, which Ronaldo highlighted in the interview. I think the betrayal is, is a club. I think the betrayal or, or the betrayal disrespect, I don't know how it's been sort of translated, but is my daughter's in hospital and the club saying, no, she's not. I think that is a huge... Could you imagine here, like, I need to do my lawns tomorrow, but this sun and this rain over the last day has shot it up. The lawns are an absolute nightmare, so I need to do them tomorrow. Let's say I told you, oh, can you come over and do the lawns? And then you say, yeah, no, I'll come over and do them for you. You wake up tomorrow morning and it's really hot and you ring up and say, your girlfriend's in hospital. I'll say, well, that's convenient, isn't it? What would you think of me? I understand that, but ultimately... Forgive me for having the... Not, not being as... Um, showing as much empathy as maybe I should, Tom, but he is an employee of an employer that he gets paid millions of dollars by. If, if if the club wanted evidence of Ronaldo's child being in hospital, I mean, I think the club would have every right to say, give us evidence of a medical certificate. Show us something so we know. Because all the murmurs coming out prior to that were Ronaldo was actually trying to leave the club. So that story actually broke no, no, no doubt he was trying to leave the club, and that is where this or that's where the club it looks like this conversation was well, it's convenient she's in hospital because you obviously want to leave. There's no doubt he wants to leave. But ultimately you do look at the situation in regards to 
he did lose that kid like in terms of he should have spent time with him you would do need empathy the club have to say that his daughter's ill i mean I, i'd be cynical as well but he, he didn't he, have, he, he didn't have any time off like, when he when his son died when his son died he had no time off now he had, oh, he had a couple of days off he had no time off now to come back in terms of the end of his career in terms of what he's done in the game now i, I don't agree i would have liked to see him in preseason. i do understand this played a huge part yes he was trying to force a move away i get all that but ultimately, I am going to have the empathy with a father who's lost um, his if son. If he wanted the time off, I'm sure Ralph Rennick or whoever would have happily granted that time off to him. It doesn't look like they have. Oh, I, I think oh, no, they no, 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 no. that. He never came out in the interview and said, after the death of my child, I wanted time off, and the club didn't grant that. He's being very selective in his words because he's trying to paint himself as the good guy. He, he's, he's not an idiot. This guy is a brand. He owns so many businesses while he's actively playing football, he is the biggest brand in football, literally. He knows everything that he, everything he is saying, Tom, has been planned, scripted. He's been he's got a, he's got an entourage around him who have assisted him. All the, there's a reason this interview is not live. We also have to remember that. I'm sure there were cuts, there were pauses, any mistakes Ronaldo didn't get right, anything he wanted to say. It's all manufactured to suit the story that Cristiano Ronaldo wants out there. Got to remember but, I, I, but, but we, we go back to it in regards to, yes, we don't have the facts at hand. We don't, only Ronaldo knows, only Richard Arnold knows, only his wife knows, only the doctor knows, all these things. We're sort of guessing, we're sort of putting these pieces of the puzzles together. But ultimately, side on the fence that say his daughter was in hospital and he wanted time off and the club said, we don't believe you. And that was incorrect. The club were wrong to do that. Can you understand from Ronaldo? He might believe that, that in Ronaldo's side of the story, in, in his mind, that's what happened. And maybe it actually happened. If that happened, can you understand Ronaldo being pissed off at the club? I can. But you know what else yeah. I can understand? When Ronaldo was accused with rape allegations, he was on his Instagram story basically telling the whole world that he was innocent within hours. If that story is true, why wasn't Ronaldo doing the same thing? That, that, that's, that's a self, I don't want to say selfish in a bad way, but, but that's an isolated incident towards him, an allegation directed towards him, not his family, in terms of protecting his family. He's spoken about his family in regards to, he, bloody, he, can't, he hasn't been to the park in 10 years, he can't go to a cafe. I think he treats them quite sort of close-knit. He, he doesn't sort of play that out in the public circle in terms of, well, Ronaldo, the brand, we do, or he does. Look, I, I think there's an argument for both sides of this. Ultimately... If the club, if someone has been cynical or if they've said the wrong thing or they haven't been, you know, empathetic towards this situation, could have been handled better, perhaps. Without knowing all the facts, it's very hard to say. It's Ronaldo's word against Manchester United's word. I remember reports coming out at the time, I think it was United report on Twitter, saying that Ronaldo's entourage were actually really appreciative of Manchester United's handling to his personal circumstances in July and were appreciative of giving him extended time before returning from to preseason training. So that narrative has suddenly changed. And that's why I say if Ronaldo really was aggrieved by this. But I his interview, remember this tell-all interview, that tell-all interview was sort of scheduled for after that report in terms of he was, I'm going to tell the truth. Obviously, he was thinking he was going to get his move. That move didn't eventuate, so the club shut him up. Now he knows it's going to happen, so the tell-all interview has come eventually. So as I said, look, who knows? I think Ronaldo knows the facts. And um, we're never going to get those. I think the truth is always a little bit in the middle. But um, if you're enjoying the chat, please do leave a like on the video. That'd be great. Just one more topic I want to sort of do touch on, Larry, before we do wrap up. And again, maybe not as serious as the different other discussions we've previously had, but in regards to Gary Neville and Wayne Rooney, 
personally, that looking back at it, considering how serious the other topics are in regards to Manchester United and personal circumstances, this one I just look back and maybe just take a bit of a breather. And I just find it a little bit funny, a little bit disrespectful, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's a little bit funny in terms of how it's played out. People don't like each other. Life, let's deal with it. Big teammates, they don't like each other. Um, you have to sort of, it's unfortunate as fans. I look at two of my favourite people going up, Stralix Ferguson and Roy Keane. Absolutely hate each other. Killed me. I moved on. Okay, Roy Keane and, oh, sorry, Gary Neville and Ronaldo don't like each other at the moment. Wayne Rooney and Ronaldo, they don't like each other at the moment. However, Ronaldo's been a little bit petulant in regards to how he's gone about. Well, he hasn't been too bad. He obviously spoke well of Roy Keane and Rio Ferdinand as well, obviously because they've been praising him. He's the people so who, immature, I've got to say. For a great, but, for a 37 Look, I agree, of course. However, in regards to what I mentioned before, he is, his brain is wired different. And I'm not, I'm not speaking sort of sarcastically or not, but his brain is wired different. He has lived a different life. He, he hasn't had the social um, sort of so, social sort of experiences that the average person has had. He's been sheltered from that. So not to defend these actions, it was petulant. It's stupid of Ronaldo. But in terms of potentially giving a reason as to why, his brain is wired differently to the average person. That, that's not defending it. I Irrespective, Tom, I, I just, I really struggle with a grown man, 37 years old, a father of four, four, how many kids does he have? He's got a, he's got a half a football team, Cristiano Ronaldo. Someone who, like, he's a grown man. He, he's had enough interactions in society and also enough time as a professional footballer to know that, I mean, you're going to be scrutinized. That's part and parcel of the game. It's part of why you get to be a multi-millionaire for kicking yeah, a ball. There is a part in a dressing room, though. Now, look, I haven't been in a Manchester United dressing room, of course, but there is a part in a dressing room, and you're, you're right in regards to he deserves to be criticised, and that's part of the game, and he's paid a lot to be criticised. But I can see from his side of thing, even if someone has a... Roy Keane, he's not giving his honest opinion a lot of the time about Ronaldo, but he's an ex-teammate, and there is a bit of a code there. Now, yes, obviously, these pundits are paid to give their opinion, but also, you're a teammate and you're a friend before you're a pundit. I'm just thinking that there, there is a bit of a code there. Not to say Ronaldo's in the right or Rooney's in the wrong or whatever, but yeah, I can see but... from Ronaldo's point of view saying, okay, I don't care what your opinion is. In front of the world's media, be a mate. Like If I, if I disagree with something with you do. As someone with a brain, I will never listen to a Roy Keane assessment of a situation and validate anything he says anymore. And let me tell you why. And I love Roy Keane. Right As the player, he was one of the best midfielders I've ever seen in a United shirt. But what I will say is you can't come out with statements like the players never change their spots. They will throw managers under the bus. And then when your ex-teammate behaves in the exact same manner that you're talking about when you're making statements like that, defend his behavior. You can't do it. It's one or the other. You can't pick and choose which players you want to defend, which players are throwing the managers under the bus and which ex-teammate you want to defend, even though he's petulant because he works hard and I believe him and whatever else. You know what I mean? And and like I said, as much as I love Roy Keane, the player, you can't support any statement he says from here onward because he clearly has shown there is always a motive behind anything Roy Keane says. But but is there there not... The narrative when Sir Alex Ferguson was forcing him out. But but is there another part, what I mean, where there is something to respect there? Now, yes, well, we can see through opinion and say, okay, that's bullshit, or he shouldn't say that, that's not his true opinion, or I I disagree with that. Why did Gary Neville or Wayne Rooney say that was so disrespectful? No, no, of course. They said he should leave the club because he literally refused to come onto the pitch, not playing well for United, 
and he's decided to take himself up the tunnel. So those two players have said it's probably best he moves on from the club. No one said he's a bad person or they hate him or, you know, it is us to run in hell. He's just, he's, he's too sensitive, Cristiano Ronaldo. Just pull out one of Georgina's pads, mate, and put it on and you'll be all right. Because the way well, he's going, I, I completely agree. In regards to the, the, his reaction to Wayne Rooney and Gary Neville, yeah, Wayne Rooney and Gary Neville never said anything too bad. Like, so I, I completely agree. However, there is a part in regards to Roy Keane, who has been paid to say whatever on Sky Sports or ITV, talks about whatever he's on. However, there is a part of me that I can see Ronaldo's respect for Roy Keane in regards to say, Roy Keane knows Roy Keane. Oh, so Ronaldo knows Roy Keane is bullshitting. Ronaldo knows Roy Keane doesn't like what Ronaldo's doing at the moment. He fully understands that. But publicly, he's backing his mate. Now, I think that is why Ronaldo has that respect. That's not right or wrong, but I can see Ronaldo, not that I agree with it, but I can see his line of thinking in terms of, well, one of my mates is backing me. The other guys, hang on. Well, you're not backing him like him. Again, that's not defending him, but you know what I mean. I watched Rio Ferdinand show this morning and he had Jamie Carragher on. I don't know if you've had the chance to see yeah, it. Yeah, watch it. And the way Ferdinand was clearly avoiding criticizing Ronaldo, I, I just, it baffled me. But, but let's say you, you, you and me are good mates. You do something and I get in front of the world media. I'm on Sky News. I might have an opinion on what you do, but you as mate, I'm not going to throw you under the bus publicly in front of the world to see. Like, even though I'm going to change my opinion because you're my mate. And I'm just thinking there is a case of that with Ronaldo and Rio Ferdinand. We can see through and disagree and we can know that it's not their true opinion. But as their friends, there is a part where I do respect that. I, I see through it and I disagree, but I can see why Ronaldo is favouring two of those opinions over two others. I understand that. I, I, I can understand being a mate to someone and wanting to back them. But I also think that, you know, if you do have a professional job, you kind that, of that's do a, have that's their job. That, that, that's what, that's where it throws the spanner in. Obviously, they're paid for their opinion, but I'm just so that that is what obviously makes it a little bit tricky. I understand it's difficult, but but my point is, I can't like as much as I love Roy Keane. How can I sit here the next time there's a scandal at Manchester United or another club, and Roy Keane gives his opinion? How can I support their mind? Because how many United fan channels, including like ones like ours? have used Roy Keane's comments around leopards never change their spots. But then he's sitting there protecting his mate. Who's doing I think it's, a, it's just about every individual case or interview or topic that comes up. We have to look at it, dissect it, get the context and sort of make our own opinion. I think we're going to agree at times and disagree at times. It's one of those things this time we can obviously see through Rio Ferdinand and Roy Keane and their comments. But um, there's also, reasons Tom, for that. Thanks for saying you wouldn't throw me under the bus. Ahmed saying he'll be driving it. <laughs> well, I do appreciate all the interaction in the live chat. I do apologise for not um, getting to everyone's comments, but I am reading them all and obviously great, plenty of great opinions, but it has been flying um, today, so apologies for that. But if there is anything else in the live chat you do want us to discuss, throw it in the chat now, any questions, and we'll get to it. Um, but I'll throw that Before first question up, to you, Tom, Let me ask you this. What club do you think Ronaldo ends up at? I was going to say Sport in Lisbon, but in terms of Ronaldo's wants, Sport in Lisbon in the Europa League. So <laughs> I'm not sure Sport in Lisbon is the one. I think now I'm going to throw this scenario to you, Larry. Now, this is not going to happen. However, if Arsenal are serious about going all the way and winning this Premier League, it, it, it wouldn't work in regards... It, it, Ronaldo won't get what he wants in regards to 90 minutes every week, so it won't happen for that reason. But if Arsenal pushed it and really took advantage and wanted to go and do this and had the professional Ronaldo who's happy to sit on the bench, happy to play one or two games a month sort of thing, happy to come on after 70 minutes, he would be the player to go and get to win this title. In terms of what they need, they need that backup striker, someone who can get a couple of goals. 
he's not going to Arsenal, but I think that is a scenario people should just sort of think about a little bit. Because remember, the, right remember, now, when we'll, remember when we were top at Christmas. To remember when we were top at Christmas, and we went into that. I think New Year or Christmas, we were top under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and we went into that January transfer window. And the club just stood still. They just stood still. We didn't know what to do, and we lost the ball. Well, we went straight backwards. We didn't take advantage and sort of push on. Arsenal are in the position now where they're in a title race. That they're, they're not favourites, but there's an argument. At the top of the table, they should be favourites. They should really should be. They should put, really try and push on and win this title now. It's not, oh, let's see what happens. We'll just put up a title race and sort of hope it happens next season. No, they're in a title race now. And if they're serious, they need to go and get someone who guarantees goals. Kevin, Kevin Keegan flashbacks with some of the choice of words you're using there, mate. <laughs> they're fighting for uh, this title. You would absolutely love it if they signed Ronaldo, wouldn't you? What would you rather? Um, Manchester City win the title or Ronaldo goes to Arsenal and Arsenal win the title? I'm so sick of City's dominance. I actually wouldn't be too asked if Arsenal won the league. I'm on the Arsenal train there at the moment in regards to stopping yeah. City getting three in a row. I'll, I'll accept Arsenal because at the moment they've got three Premier League titles. Um, God bless them. Like they're, they're, not, they're not in our category. We think of them as this dominant force in the Premier League. They won three for God's sake. I think Manchester City won more. Chelsea have won more. Liverpool are only two behind. Leicester's only two behind for God's sake. So, um, yeah, I, I can accept Arsenal um, potentially winning. So it'll be a little bit funny this season. But fingers crossed that's not the case. But um, is there anything else? So your question, what do you think happens with Ronaldo? Because obviously the Champions League plays a huge part. There's there's only 16 clubs left. Um, interesting, but um, talk to me. It's really difficult. Um his whole narrative has been he wants to play in the Champions League. So I have to think he'll try and go to a club that's in the Champions League. It might be his last opportunity to actually fight for one. Um, there, there was some some conjecture today that suggested PSG is very interested in reuniting the Messi-Ronaldo narrative. I can't see where he would even fit into that front three. Um, it would be laughable and comical, to be honest. Um, the, the club, I, I, the club I said, no well, when this broke in June, July, the club I said, and it made no sense from their point of view, their stance, their public stance has always been the furthest thing from a Cristiano Ronaldo arrival. But I said, it's risk free. He should go to Bayern Munich. He'll win a trophy. He'll, do, he'll dominate no league. He, he'll I score goals. He's a very good shout. Being in the Champions League, he guarantees a trophy. He wins a trophy in another, you know, another league. So it's another part of his legacy. And for Bayern Munich, I understand their stance of staying away from that type of player and that type of brand. I fully understand that and I respect that. But ultimately, it's risk free. There's no risk for Bayern Munich. Like he's going to come in. He's not going to make them finish second in the league. He's going to come in and still win the league regardless. So I'm just saying, and he's always in, in a round of shout, winning a Champions League. So Bayern have distanced themselves today, I think. There has been a report that Mendes was there talk, or they flew to England to talk to Mendes. I think there is something there, especially from Ronaldo's side. Now, if Bayern can go in there and say, okay, we'll take him for free, that's up to Manchester United to accept that and say, okay, yep, we'll take that hit and let him go. But I think people shouldn't sleep on the Bayern situation. Yeah, well, who's who's Bayern's striker at the moment? Um, is it Schweppe Moting? Yeah, the guy from Soakham PSG. Well, I think he's banging in the goals. And at the moment, he'd probably be playing ahead of Ronaldo, for God's sake. But in regards to just the commerciality, Bayern would be stupid not to take him. Like, he's not going to come in... Okay, give all the commercial value and benefit to Bayern Munich, but they're going to drop out of the Champions League places and finish second or third. No, they're going to get the commercial value and they're still going to win their trophies. So it, there's no risk to Bayern Munich. I don't, don't know why they just don't take the – not even a gamble. They just don't take the, the free money, what Ronaldo would bring. Yeah. Um, Tom, you've got some love in the comments here. 
bald guy, you need to change this channel to an auto podcast. You are a disgrace. <laughs> Thank you, Calvert. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. Um, Ronaldo oh, podcast. Have we been talking about Ronaldo? Good. Have we? Uh, what's what's my disgrace about my Ronaldo talk today? And, and feel free to pull me up on what the disgrace. I think because you look like Ten Hag. I think um, when you're a Ronaldo fanboy and you see someone that that's bald and has a, a, a brunette beard, I mean, it's quite easy to attack you. To be honest, I'm with you, what? Colbert Marquez. Now, thank you for tuning in and um, helping us with that Google AdSense. I do appreciate that, Colbert. Um, Colbert Marquez, um, let us know how. Um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. I do appreciate that. But um, one more here from Stephen. Um, it's unlikely that Ronaldo will be first choice striker of any of the remaining Champions League clubs. He, well, yeah, that's the thing. He probably doesn't play Bayern Munich. Uh, sorry, I'm still stuck on bald guy. <laughs> that's no. um, George with another one. Surely one episode Tom dresses up at Ten Hag uh, and Larry dresses up as Ronaldo. I'm not, not sure where the Ronaldo thing is there, Larry. Um, look, I'll take it. Um, I, I'm probably a little bit chubbier than Ronaldo would like George maybe um maybe I could go for the more Rooney I think I I'm I'm, I'm like Rooney and Luke Shaw I, I fluctuate with my weight I'm I'm 20 kilos up and down depending on what video it is so uh maybe maybe Wayne Rooney's the one I should go to pull off time if I was a player who, who would you say I look like the most who, who could I pull off I think you're Ten Hag that that's bang on the money are but, you talking uh, body or face like you're talking Sorry? stature or stature or face Oh, if it's stature, I'm probably the guy who was eating a pie um, in the, the FA Cup. <laughs> uh, the, the goalkeeper against Arsenal. Yeah. Well, we do have a game against Arsenal. Our supporters club, the Man United supporters club here. We are playing Arsenal on December 11th. Throw a, little, a few more details out there um, closer to the date. But Larry and I will be donning the boots and the red shirt against Arsenal. And um, we're getting sort of watching Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira videos in terms of firing ourselves up for that. But as I said, before we do wrap up, um, we're running out of spots in regards to the entries. We are running the World Cup sweepstakes. I don't have the photos in front of me, but your chance to win a signed Brian Robson photo or signed Dennis Irwin photo, whichever one you want. Uh, for $2 an entry, you can leave it in the Super Chat or Thanks option on playback. For $2 a team, um, you get one of the um, World Cup entries in terms of the sweepstakes. So put $2 in, you could draw Brazil. Unfortunately, you could draw Australia, Tunisia, or you could get Argentina or France, who knows. And the winner, whoever wins the World Cup, if your name is on that team, um, you'll win one of those signed photos. So we are on about, I think, 15 entries. So there's only 17 entries left. Um, feel free to get involved. If you do want to send me a message for further details, please do, and I'll get you sorted. But um, Larry, the World Cup is approaching. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo will obviously dominate a lot of the headlines in the World Cup for Portugal. But um, another day closer, um, talk to me about your feelings towards it. Uh, on, on what, Ronaldo or the World Cup? Just the World Cup, and it could be a Ronaldo aspect to it in regards to he's obviously joined the Portuguese camp. There was the Bruno incident in regards to Bruno shook his hand and there was a standoff between... I thought Bruno was just... He knew the camera Probably was there. The he just camera. just taking the piss a little bit. But some people might think there was something genuine in that. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I, I'm... My, my head says Brazil, but my heart is saying Argentina. I don't know why. I'm feeling a South American team. I think Brazil Brazil got a really strong squad. I, I, on paper, I think France should be favourites, but their recent forms deterring me a They're little bit. They're going out in the group. With no Pogba or Kante. They're going and out of the group. Watch it. Tunisia and Denmark. That, that's, my, that's my shock. Tunisia and Denmark go out of the group. France go crashing out. 
Wow, that's a big shout, mate. That's a yeah. big shout. I don't but agree with it. It's just, I, I can see it. That, that, that shouldn't happen, but I can just see it. there's always that. The, the worst thing you can do for your World Cup chances is win the previous one. France won the previous one. I can see him crashing out. That's true. Has any country in history won back-to-back World Cups? Um, Uruguay won 30 and Italy 34. So that is a shout. I don't think so. I should know that. Someone correct me in the chat. No, that hasn't happened, but I should know oh, that. I've got to put, pull that up in football trivia. Chris, to answer your question, yes, we absolutely will be covering the World Cup. Uh, we've actually got some previews planned. Uh, so, Tom, we're, we're going to be doing that this week. Uh, so yep. uh, we'll, we'll be previewing um, a few of the sides, and we'll, there will be a focus on United players, naturally, uh, but we'll also do a bit of a preview and, and try and cover some matches as well. So, Lots and lots of com- content coming your way, so make sure you do stay tuned to the United Pubcast. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Brazil, Tom. I'm still staying Brazil, but Argentina, Sana play up a bit of a debate in my mind. What are you thinking? George here, Brazil, 58-62, obviously around Pele. Uh, I mean, how could I forget? But um, uh, yeah, that side wasn't a rule. <laughs> the, the question around um, Brazil. It is one of those ones, I think... A lot of people just ran the World Cup, name a team in the World Cup who's going to win it. Brazil. They're just a team regardless of what I like sort their of fo- team on paper. I really They're just do. whatever I form. But I did have a look at their team and obviously I'm sort of heavily invested in regards to the Man United aspect of it. We do have four players in regards to Casemiro, Fred, Anthony, and obviously Alex Tellers um, got called up. Obviously still a Manchester United player. So we'll be looking for Brazil to do well. And ultimately you do just look at the attacking quality. I think a player who's been forgotten about in the last year or two maybe even longer, is Neymar. Now, I know we don't like the way he rolls around and that. I know there's a lot of baggage that comes with Neymar, but I think people forget how good he is. Take Messi and Ronaldo out and take, obviously, the situation, the hype around Mbappe and Haaland. Neymar's on a different level. He's a special player. Oh, absolutely. I I think he's almost... We said it at the time, but by going to the French League, that's why we're also critical of Mbappe staying at, at PSG, weren't we? When you go to the French league, you're almost you're you're not under the spotlight, so it's very hard for you to win the Ballon d'Or. But Neymar is special. There's the, when we versed them in the group stage, I think oh. it was during the lockdown period. There was a yeah. goal he scored. It's like world class movement, world class. Yeah. No player can do that. Only Neymar could have scored that goal, and he did. He he is brilliant. He really is. George here saying, don't sleep on Spain. I didn't embarrass myself on this show by nothing. But I think I tipped Spain for the Euros um, the other year. I thought Spain was sort of flying under the radar a little bit. And I think well, if I tipped them for the Euros, I must have a little bit of weight behind them. This one will be interesting to see how they go. Does Spain have a striker? Who, who I, think, I think that's what ultimately always potentially lets them down um, in regards to, yeah, if you could throw a Mbappe or a, obviously all teams would benefit from Haaland. But if you could throw Haaland in, in that Spanish team, it would almost be complete in regards to the way they can keep the ball. But um, the last one here, we'll sort of, before we do wrap up, um, the Brazil squad videos and Neymar acting surprised when his name was called out. We've mentioned that the other day in regards to them filming themselves. It would still and, be um, a thrill though, Chris. I, I think getting called for your country, like it, it would still put a tingle down your spine. It's- especially for Brazil. As I said, we're here we're mentioning for Brazil for the last five minutes for no particular reason over any other nation, but the World Cup does bring that out of you, especially for Brazil. Like imagine being a kid in terms of the way a lot of those kids grow up in terms of football and coming through and seeing their idols of Ronaldo and Ronaldinho and players like that to represent Brazil at a World Cup. I'm Australian. I'd prefer to 
represent Brazil at a World Cup over Australia. Like there is something special about Brazil, like in the World Cup. I could just imagine what it would be like for those people, sort of getting that, that sort of phone call saying they're off to Qatar. I would pay to watch you run out in a Brazil shirt. It just <laughs> the confusion. You've got Frederico Rodriguez, Casemiro. No, that's not. You mentioned all that Frederico. There was one that the Brazilian team actually sounds more like the English cricket team. There was like this a couple of years ago. They had Bernard, they had Fred, they had Joe. That all, all these names were all the first names were just like the English cricket Alan, team. Um, yeah, that, Alan, Alan. people like that. that um, it was interesting, but um, a little bit tongue cheap. But look, I do hope Brazil do well. Obviously, the Portugal Argentina thing for many reasons. Obviously, the, the, there is the England aspect. Now, I do sort of hope England go crashing out in dramatic style, but I also do hope England do well because. We, we're Australian, we're here on the other side of the world and Manchester United fans don't have a great sort of love for England, but they dominate so much of the headlines. They don't dominate so much of the way we experience football, that England national team. So they're obviously, you do hope they go deep in regards to giving us those storylines and that drama, which obviously does unfold throughout the World Cup. But um, we're coming off 55 minutes, Larry. So before we do wrap up, because I do have to head off, I'm going to be on its football thing in about half an hour's time, talking more Ronaldo on a little bit of Premier League. So if you do fancy some more, come over to it's a football thing in half an hour but um before i do wrap up larry any other talking points or you happy to give the ronaldo discussion a bit of a breather for 24 hours i need i need some sleep so i'm gonna go get some sleep when i wake up i'm sure there'll be lots of ronaldo news but obviously stay tuned to the united podcast as the news does come out as we wake up we will bring the news to you to answer chris's question lots of football content coming your way i'm excited for the world cup tom i'm pumped for the world cup bring on the world cup I'm excited you, for that. I'm you're not going to be happy. Ronaldo for four weeks. You're pumped. Unfortunately, the first game kicks off 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. on a Monday morning. Um, it's Ecuador, like Ecuador versus Qatar, a real powerhouse. Um, oh, yeah. Clashed out to bring on the World Cup. But, um, yeah, obviously, we definitely will be bringing all that content, so do stay tuned. Um, please do leave a like on the video. It will be very much appreciated. And I'm sure this time tomorrow we'll be chatting to you about something about Ronaldo or hopefully something a little bit more positive. But until then, have a good one, and we'll chat to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.